This is an NAC podcast. Welcome to NAC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this NEC 50th anniversary podcast, Kathy chats with Karen Kane, Artistic Director of the National Ballet of Canada, and Rex Harrington, former principal dancer and artist-in-residence, about the NEC's 50 years of history and collaboration with the National. It really is a great pleasure to have you both here. Karen Kane, Artistic Director of the National Ballet of Canada from Toronto, live from Toronto, and Rex Harrington, Artist-in-Residence with the company, of course, both former principal dancers for a number of years with the company and both having guested with many, many companies around the world. We are, of course, at the National Arts Centre launching our 50th anniversary, 2019, And Karen, uh, it was great to realize, of course, we didn't plan it this way, but we did our first NAC Dance audio podcast with you 10 years ago in 2009. And today marks number 50. Wow. So there you go. Talk about good math. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that in 2009, but thank you very much. So, And we will do more with you in the future as we celebrate your own milestones as well. But let's just talk about um, the National Ballet and the NAC. You both have performed here many times. So looking back at these years and years of collaboration, Karen, maybe we can start with you. What do you think about how how do these relationships between organizations like National Ballet and the NAC continue and maintain their strength? Uh, Well, it's like a second home in a way uh, because it's, it's regular every single year. We come to Ottawa, and I think that uh, Kathy Levy and her amazing programming have educated the Ottawa public tremendously. They see they see more, I think, than Toronto sees in terms of international dance and major companies and smaller and exciting companies. And uh, so we we know it's a knowledgeable public. Uh, we know it's the center. You know, it's Canada's capital. We know it's a very important place, and. We love to be here. I mean, it's it's every year. It's regular. It's more performances for my dancers, which I feel they never get enough of. Um, it's it's a positive, a very positive uh, relationship we have with the NAC. Rex. Well, as I was saying the other day, I think that it is it is like coming home, and it's a capital. And the audiences, um, jokingly, I was saying that many many years ago when we would perform, it was so hard to know whether the audience were even enjoying it because no one was clapping or, or, or the applause was so muted and you thought, oh, it must be a government town. Everyone's just getting off work and, you know, they've got the tickets and they, they don't even know what they're watching. And I think that's what's so wonderful to be coming here now is to, like Karen said, you have an educated audience and you've educated them and they do get world-class companies. So they see all this different contemporary work, classical work, they see the best in the world. And I think now, I mean, listening last night from the 
the overwhelming reception. Uh, it was exciting to be here and dancing here in this time. And especially in this renovated theater, it's so beautiful. So it really, it's, it's, it's really great to uh, have that relationship with the NAC and, and uh, you know, um, <clears throat> coming back and, and seeing people like yourself and people that I've known for years. It's always exciting, even some of the crew. You know, it's great to uh, feel like your home, second home. Well, that's, that's wonderful to hear. And I think the audience feels like you're their resident company. Yeah. You know, we don't have a major ballet company in Ottawa. And I well, think that we are we, the National Ballet you of Canada. Are the, the National <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I know that you joined the company shortly after the debut performance on June 2nd, 1969, which I can remind people was actually the National Ballet of Canada performing Cranerg on the opening night and then Romeo and Juliet, I believe, the very next night. Um, right. But can you share with us uh, some stories, funny or otherwise, of your time here at the National Arts Centre, what you remember about performing? Well, I have lots of memories of dancing with Rex, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I think we did just about everything in the repertoire of the National Ballet of Canada over many, many years. Uh, Romeo and Juliet in the, in the old version, not the Alexei Ratmansky version, which I don't think we've done in Ottawa yet, but... Um, uh, so we did the Cranko version. Uh, I remember the opening of the Sleeping Beauty. That was the, the very, the very first performances of Sleeping Beauty, uh, with Rudolf Nureyev <coughs> were at the National Arts Center. Um, don't remember what year that was, but it was very long time, early seventies, uh, very long time ago. That was incredibly exciting. That was like the biggest, most luxurious, ballet we had ever had in our repertoire you know it was it was spectacular and we had Rudolph who was still in his in his prime at the beginning of of the 70s and uh, you know that was a very exciting time for the National Ballet but I honestly think we have danced just everything in our repertoire in Ottawa except you know almost. the yeah almost uh, we, we did have the mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet here several years ago, and we are looking forward to bringing it again. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, oh, very okay. soon down the road. Okay, <laughs> but, I um, forgot, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's okay. You know, we uh, what, what's really interesting to be reminded of too, Karen, of course, is through your dancing years, uh, there were all of the big classics, but you and I have had many conversations also about bringing the new work, bringing the mixed rep. Um, Rex, I remember you dancing Four Seasons here when it was relatively new mm -hmm. in the repertory of the National Ballet. Can you tell us a little bit, Rex, about your moments <laughs> on stage? You shared some funny stories well, with the audience yeah, last night. Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's not your biggest triumphs. It's your your smaller failures that you sort of remember. And I, my, when I was thinking about dancing here and all the shows I did, I did my last, uh, when I was retiring, I did Eugene Onegin here. And I was dancing with Martine Lamy. And, uh, all our, and it was funny, at the time, CBC had a wonderful show um, called The Life and Times. So they were filming my documentary about my life and times and my retirement. And so they weren't allowed to film the actual performance, but they got a lot of the backstage drama. And they got a lot of drama because uh, I was dancing with Martine in the bedroom, Padada, and where she's dreaming about Onyega and he comes through the window and uh, she's wearing her nightdress. And we were doing this series of their very difficult flip lifts to the floor. She comes running at you, throw her in the air, drop her to the floor. and Drop uh, her gently. Drop her gently, <laughs> which I remember doing with Karen. No fear whatsoever, fabulous. <laughs> and so we had done those. And then you pull her up and, and she does this big bore. And then you go for this one-handed lift. And she said, Rex, my dress is undone. And so on the flips, the dress had totally opened 
the whole back of the dress had come open. And I said, well, just bore or something. And we're center stage. And so she was boring madly in lots of arms and gesticulations. <laughs> and I, it felt like 10 minutes, but it probably wasn't. And I'm behind her doing up her dress center stage <laughs> as the music swelled. Hopefully, hopefully the conductor stretched. And then we got into the lift. And then I just remember it's on tape, me coming back, just this... <laughs> overly excited person <laughs> screaming in the wings just like oh my god did you see that so it's always those moments you sort of remember um and i remember you know dancing for prime minister joe and you know so there's wonderful wonderful memories like yeah. that yeah i have a memory of margaret trudeau uh photographing romeo and juliet from the wings oh, wow. and i guess that was the the cranko version before we got the ratmansky version too mm-hmm. um I don't know what year that was, but she was very young and I still have some, she gave me copies of some of the pictures and they were very, very beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Karen, you also, I mean, of course, danced here uh, as a principal dancer for many years and you did, when you (coughs) were uh, retiring, uh, you did your fantastic um, project, The Actress, uh, across the country and came to the NEC. I believe you performed in about seven different cities I'm just yes. curious if you and Rex, you were part of that yeah, program, doing that. Herman Schmerman like and doing the actress. I'd love, to, I'd love to be reminded of what that was like for the two of you. It must have been very emotional for both of you after years of dancing together and doing that program. We're thrilled that it came to the NEC. I remember seeing it at Place des Arts in Montreal and just being completely moved and taken with it. Yeah. Do you recall certain things about that in Ottawa? Uh, well, I remember that the ballet was... Uh, incredibly demanding in terms of emotional and physical stamina because I didn't stop for the entire hour. And I was, when you're the center of something, you, you have to be animated and interesting for the whole time. (laughs) You can't take a little breather in the corner while someone else does something. Um, It was, uh, yeah, stamina wise, it was uh, really, really difficult. But what helped me was the relationship with the different characters who come into the actress's life. Um, and and Rex and I had this uh, very, very beautiful pot of It was near the end in my memory. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, uh, and it was, you know, it was it was very special. And uh, it, James Kadelka created this uh, specifically for me. I don't think it would make any sense ever for anyone else to perform it because it was in a way, just a kind of series of uh, memories of things that I had gone through or exaggerated and made more interesting by James's <laughs> imagination. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but, and the music was very, very beautiful. Uh, yeah, I was, I was very uh, fortunate to have that experience and to get to go across the country one more time and say goodbye to the public that had watched me for so many years. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for that experience. That was filmed, wasn't it? We could probably see that somewhere. Uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I, don't, I know there is some footage of it somewhere. Um, well, there, yeah, there's clips of it, yeah. but but the whole thing wasn't filmed. No, it must have been an emotional time for you, too, knowing after many years that that was going to be your last series of partnership performances yeah, I know. with Karen. I mean, I always say I was very, very fortunate to have danced with Karen and to, you know, she sort of brought me up. And at the time, I was this persnickety young kid with a big ego, as she likes to tell me. Um, <laughs> and now? And no. now I'm still the same, but just older in jowls. Um, and, and, you know, it was great to to 
delve into that relationship with Karen. And I think that, you know, um, I helped her and she helped me and we both became, you know, after to, to go after the gold dust twins, which was Kate and Augustine, and then to have Kate and Harrington and, uh, to, to have all those memories and wonderful careers. And I think dancing with Karen was so special on any stage, just because we both had a certain attack and musicality. And I never was afraid to go on stage with Karen, uh, because I just knew that we were going to just go out there and, you know, wow in our own capacity in our own way and uh you know being on the nac stage it's also it it's it's such a um at the time we were dancing at the sony center which is very different it was called the barn and and to have this wonderful theater with the balconies like a real opera house and and uh it's a huge stage but um i was i was you know really um thankful that i got to to have that wonderful career in canada and with Karen, I mean, I had the opportunities to go elsewhere, but I always felt proud about being a Canadian and staying in Canada and having the opportunities to go outside and travel the world. So it was very special. I don't think people realize how that bond of a partnership with a principal dancers develops. Well, I think I've always said it's like a marriage without sex, but then some people <laughs> say that's a marriage after 50 years. But, um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, but I, I also joke about it, too, in a sense that, um, you know, I retired and I sort of went to Karen after two years of doing, you know, other things. And I asked for a job and I had to go to my ex-partner and say, can I have a job? <laughs> and that now that Karen is my boss and, you know, we've gone through even as, you know, uh, I'm working for Karen, I'm on the staff. That's been another learning curve and another relationship change and a different set of challenges. And I think now it's taken me a while, but I think we've gotten to that place too. That is almost like our partnership was in dance. And, and I feel really part of, her team and, and uh, helping the new generation. It's, it's exciting. Karen, did you think when you stopped dancing that you would continue having a role mm-hmm. in the field or did you contemplate doing something completely different? I had no idea what I was going to do. I, you know, I was just in mourning. You know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then Yerji Killian uh, invited me to come and work with NDT3 for a year. Uh, so I was back and forth, and uh, and that was brilliant. Martin- NDT three being a company of uh, older artists. dancers, senior yes, artists. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> and um, so that was that was so thrilling, and it sort of helped me through the next into the next chapter of my life. But you know, I never, I've never planned anything. <laughs> I've always just somehow the opportunities have oh, presented Karen themselves. Oh, Karen came just lucked out, didn't she? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> You worked really hard. <laughs> no, no, I worked hard and I yeah. gave it everything, but but I didn't I was I was given so many opportunities by so many people along the way. And just when I because I wasn't really motivated except by the the opportunities to do something new and interesting and to do some things at a level that I didn't imagine I could get to, but other people thought I could, and they pushed me there. So I had Nureyev, I had Brune, I had Neumeyer, I had like all of these, Glenn Tetley, all of these incredible people who, who took me under their wings and were generous and pushed me as hard as they could and saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Uh, I was always actually, Rex, you probably know this, mm-hmm. extremely, um, <laughs> Uh, anxious, uh, not very confident, and I had to rely on other people's confidence in me. Fortunately, I think I've finally gotten a bit better at that. But um, 
But there I was every time I felt that I didn't know what I was doing in this career and I wasn't very good. And uh, someone would come along and see something in me and give me a an opportunity and I could fly again. And I must say, since we're talking with Rex, that when he joined the company as a very young man and I watched him, and of course he was so tall and handsome and, and, but (laughs) what I, what I found out, (laughs) what I found out was that he had this innate gift for magical partnering. Now, he can now teach it because he knows what he he did and he knows how to make things work for the woman and he knows how to um his musical which is uh extremely important uh to any uh partnership um but you know i danced with him and he was just i don't know were you 18 when you joined the company uh 20 Okay. Okay. But, but he knew, he knew how to partner better than many, many very experienced partners. Uh, so I lucked out to have the opportunity to work with Rex. Uh, and, and he really gave me a lot of wonderful, uh, because you can't do certain roles if you don't have a good match in, in the leading in the leading character, And we both had very large heads physically. So we yes, good together we had large stage. heads. Yes, they say if you have we- a large head, you're going to be a movie star or a star. So there you go. Oh, there yes. you go. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and Did you ever bang into no, each other as a I result remember, of your large I mean, heads? I, there was also a real passion and a sexuality when Karen and I danced. I remember doing some of the Tetley ballets and Daphnis and yes. Chloe. And, you know, it was very sensual and very... And I was never afraid to go there. And Karen and I connected. And I remember her mother, she would tell me that her mother couldn't watch. She had to close her eyes because oh. it was just too much. And, you know, Ross would come on stage and his big joke after Romeo and Juliet was, um, did you perform tonight? I said, yes, I was kissing your wife. <laughs> like, you know, it's been a fun career. It'll all be in my book. You, this is a hard one maybe to ask, but do you have a favorite pas de deux that you did together? I mean, I'm sure there are God. many, but is there one that's you know, stands out as something particularly stellar? Well, Rex mentioned the Glenn Tetley. Well, that was very sensuous. But I remember loving to do the Cranko Romeo and Juliet with Mm -hmm. Rex. I felt that was very awesome. (laughs) Yes, I remember too, because I mean, I was never a great technician. I mean, what these young dancers can do today, I only wish I could do half of what they do technically. I mean, I was a very passionate uh, partner and and you know I had a basic technique I would think and I always remember the balcony putter I would go and get Karen and in Krenko's you have this three stage you know getting her down to the ground before you can dance you go up and you lift her down on one you lift her down the other and you sit her on the rock and then you look at her lovingly and you come over and you you know you back away and then you do this run run double assemble attitude and I'd always run back to her and she's like good boy I was like thank you like I survived I didn't fall over you know and. This is, this is, you know, years. What the audience doesn't the know. The audience didn't know, but this is years later. I mean, I'd always tease Karen, too. My very first review of Balcony Potter with Karen was, um, I think Frank had been injured or something. I had just joined the company. I had done nothing yet, really. I was in the corps de ballet. And, and I don't know if she asked me, or the director, Eric, or somebody said, will you do this gala in Hamilton with Karen? And she's Hamilton's queen, right? And Gary Smith. Her birthplace? Yeah, Gary Smith, the critic. <laughs> So I, I was so nervous and I I just remember, I got through it and I just remember shaking. Like I put my hand out, I could see it shaking as I'm walking, and I'm just like a, a nervous wreck. And we got through it and I did it. And, and how the show worked with the symphony was you do the show one night and then music plays. And then the next night, of course, a review came out and someone very kindly put it on my dressing room, in my dressing room. <laughs> and so before the second night, I'm reading it and I'm like, 
All I saw was a nervous young boy struggling to keep up with a mature ballerina on the Angela Steely <laughs> technique. So the tears started flowing and I had to go out and do a putter again. And I, met, I just remember during the bows, I was like pushing her forward and like, oh, yeah, so it's, 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 there's all those things that come flooding back when you think about it. But I, I mean, certainly, I mean, anything I love dancing, the, uh, the character, I mean, but, you know, funnily enough, I, I, I mean, Karen and I were all tits and teeth when we did Don Q. You know, we challenged each other. We're like, let's go. It wasn't a ballet that we should be doing, but we did it. You know, it was like, you know, I would go across the stage with my three pirouettes and she'd do her single fotes or whatever. We were out there just giving it all, you know. So I, I, I remember moments and, you know, challenging her like she'd go jeté and passé and she'd have to balance and she'd be wanting my hand out and I wouldn't put it out. Said, no, you're going to stay, stay. We're going to be fabulous. And then I'd give it to her and, you know, so we had that, that passion. The behind the scenes secrets. Do you remember yeah. these things, Karen? I-, I do. I do. Oh my God. So many, so many adventures with Rex. Yeah. But lots of fun too. You know, the, I mean, of course, the National Ballet for many years was known for all of these great classics. We've mentioned several of them, Sleeping Beauty, Swan Lake, Romeo and Juliet. And now the company is, over the last many years, particularly under your direction, Karen, really extending the repertoire, doing more contemporary works, commissioning mm-hmm. original pieces. Karen, you and I have talked about the the thrill of being able to bring a triple bill now to Ottawa and in Toronto mm-hmm. and have as much interest for it as, uh, as there had been in the past, uh, only for name ballets. But why is it important for an organization like the National Ballet to keep diversifying its offering and keep looking at these kind of programs? Well, you know, I, I really take a lot from my predecessors uh, and, you know, from Celia Franca originally, she always did, she always did a, a, a lot of different work uh, and work that showcased her dancers at the time. Um, and then she's the one who brought in, well, maybe Rudolph. She brought in Rudolph, even though I think that was uh, aligning us with Rudolph and Saul Hirok, the presenter at that time, was a way to get her company on the international stage. There was no other way to do it. There was no interest in having the National Ballet of Canada at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York. Uh, we could go to little, you know, suburban centers and dance around the U.S., but we were not, we were not, we were considered um, a local, regional company. And, and that always, um, made me angry, quite frankly. Um, and that's really been a driving force in my directorship now is that, um, I think at this point in time, the National Ballet of Canada is absolutely <coughs> at, at the, at one of the best companies in the world, at the very top. And, and, you know, that to have the, the, the critics, the music, music critics, the dance critics and the theater <coughs> critics of Paris, name the National Ballet of Canada as the best company of the year when we took Nijinsky there. For me, that is, you know, that that, that has been sort of a an exclamation point on my goals for this company, because it is the caliber of the dancers. And they have to have the kind of rep that challenges them and helps them grow and inspires them. <coughs> and they have to show how versatile they are. And a program like last night, uh, it, you know, shows the depth of talent. There were a lot of debuts going on last night. There were uh, like young, young dancers almost directly out of uh, school uh, <coughs> performing with seasoned uh, seasoned uh, principals and looking like they belonged there. 
And I have so much talent in the company. So I forget what the question is now. But <laughs> <laughs> my, just, goals, my goals have been to keep us at an, at an international letter, a level. Uh, and right now, I think we are beyond some of uh, what the international companies are doing. The level of the dancing and the quality of the repertoire and the d diversity of the repertoire <clears throat> Great dancers have to be able to do it all. They just can't be pigeonholed in, you know, doing one uh, particular role or two or, or a particular style. They have to be able to do it all in a company like yeah, this. I, I think, Karen, I think uh, what you're extraordinary, what you've brought to the company is that your relationships with, with people like John Numar and people outside that you have personal relationships that you've allowed them to come in and, and work with a company that has propelled us and and having that far-reaching vision of uh, bringing people in I think that's something that you uh, deserve you know kudos and bravas for because you've really expanded you know where we are in the world and we're back in Paris or back in New York or back in London or we're going to Russia San, for the first time San Francisco time. and Russia yeah. and, and that's all due to Karen so that's you know and her her ability to see what um, people need and and her her career and the people that she worked with so it's but great. it's also about going after justin peck and going after yeah. crystal pike mm -hmm. yeah, and giving yeah, opportunities yeah. to young people i mean i remember when i was but studying, they also want to come here now because of exactly. who we are which is great exactly yeah. i remember years ago when i was studying in new york was one of the first times i think it was the new york city ballet brought <clears> in <throat> carol armitage who was you know seen as a contemporary choreographer and this whole yeah. idea of bringing in people from a non-classically trained field to work with classically trained dancers was quite new 15, 20 years ago, I think. And and it's really, I, I believe when I look at your company and others, that it's really opened up the, the language and the communication that classical ballet, which has got a very traditional um, point of view, perhaps, has been able to have with its audience. Yes. And also, if you want to attract the best artists and keep the best artists... You have to give them the kind of rep that challenges them and motivates them. Um, and I don't want all the young graduates from the National Ballet School always leaving because they think that the repertoire is more interesting elsewhere. Um, or else they leave and then they come back and say, actually, <laughs> 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 yeah. we like the National Ballets better. Um, no, I just, that that's what motivates me. That's what gets me out of bed every morning is how, how can we continue to hold our place uh, amongst the very best in the world. And you are touring a lot more. I mean, of course, we've talked about the fact that we're so grateful and lucky and, and want to continue this fantastic relationship for the National Ballet to come here every year and bring as much repertoire as possible to the NAC. But as Rex mentioned, you're you're traveling to other places. So you're going to some of the great centers in the world where there are other ballet companies. Do you feel like you're always compared and always uh, sort of looked at? You know, you go to San Francisco or you go to Russia or you go to Paris, as you mentioned is it always in reference to who's there or are people just looking at the national for the unique qualities that you bring? Uh, well, I think many times they're discovering the National Ballet of Canada. They okay. maybe have heard of it, but they, you know, it's, it's like, oh, the National Ballet. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think necessarily uh, San Francisco, thanks to the generosity of, of the artistic director there, Helgi Thomason, he's invited us a few times, but usually it's been with a smaller piece. Uh, and this time, uh, to be able to take Nijinsky there and just uh, kind of wow the audiences and to play a week, uh, to do that many shows was very special for all of us. Uh, yeah, and the I, response. Yeah, the response was amazing. <laughs> I remember 
coming out after the shows and, and just there was almost small groups of people there who said, you know, I've never actually thought about the National Ballet Canada, but to see your company, you're one of the best in the world. And they were so taken aback with the, <coughs> the purity and the quality of the acting. And, and you know, when I when I was dancing, I remember going to see other companies and, um, you know, especially in the classics to see uh, they, they put, you know, 20 year olds on stage as the mother or the king or the end. But that's something that National <laughs> has as well. We have seasoned performers that have been, you know, Laszlo Serban, who's out there. He's been in the company over 60 years or whatever it is. And he's still doing Nutcracker or Lorna Geddes or, you know, now myself, I go on and do some character roles. And, and to have that kind of flavoring within the company also sets us apart, I think, in the fact that we have the ability to fill the spectrum of all positions within the company from character roles. And you have to be able to do nowadays the classics and the contemporary in a way that, um, you know, that's what's so exciting last night about watching this performance was you have brand new Justin Peck, then you have from the 20s Balanchine, this this avant-garde for its time that still stands the test of time in its simplicity and beauty of, you know, physical classical ballet. And then you have The Dream, which is a story ballet with sets and costumes and, uh, you know, you see, you see a real, all those girls running around beautifully and, and lovely footwork. And, and uh, you have the, the orchestra here and uh, we have Ormsey Wilkins back. And it was just a really exciting night. Karen, you, you curated that show sort of specially for our <clears throat> kickoff 50th anniversary and, and to bring uh, a variety of the work, as Rex just pointed out. What is it for you when you put together a mixed program like that that you think of? I mean, is it particularly about coming to the NAC or about the dancers that you have uh, to do particular roles or the music oh, or all those things. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all those things. But uh, sometimes, quite frankly, it comes down to practicality. If we, if we want to do the very best performances everywhere we go, we, we have to have adequate rehearsal time to bring everyone up to a level. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're debuting uh, brand new youngsters um, who are, extremely talented but need even more preparation than more seasoned dancers um so this was a combination i i made this program because i was uh, we are going to do apollo in toronto soon so i thought well we can get it ready for for ottawa and then the dancers mm -hmm. will get even more chance to do it because um they love to do mixed programs because it's more interesting for them and there are more roles for more people in a mm -hmm. mixed program and I'm trying to develop uh, the the younger, really talented ones and provide interesting roles for the more senior artists, as Rex was saying. Um, Paz, we have done, we did it in Russia. So it wasn't done that long ago, so we could remount it fairly quickly. And Dream, we did in Toronto in November. And uh, it, it was, we haven't done it for 17 years. And it was such a... It was so joyful to see it again. It stands up so, it's so demanding, it's so beautiful, and it's so it's so enchanting. Uh, and our dancers love to do it, and we have uh, so many good pucks and so many good Oberons and so many good Titanias that um, I wanted to give them more chances at it. And uh, so, it, yeah, it's a very diverse program, but it shows all of the uh, talent in the company. And every night there are new people doing different parts. So yeah, that's what I was uh, saying. Uh, sorry, Karen. Uh, no, just watching okay. just watching Apollo last night, you know, you have Brendan making his debut and then we have Janine Haller, who's 22, 
who was beautiful, and Miyoko uh, Kreasu, and then Heather Ogden, who is an experienced, you know, ballerina, and she's also worked with Suzanne Farrell, and she knows that style, and they all held their own. It was really exciting. And then I even told Sipe, who's who was doing Puck, as you know, he was extraordinary. Even Harrison, they were all extraordinary, but Sipe, who's 20, I believe, 21, um, young, young, and taking on this really challenging role. And I said, it was so great to see you do it again, because even just in the short span that you did a shows in Toronto, it's even better now, and hear more, you know, so that's the thing about keeping these things in the rep and bringing them and having them almost in your back pocket and then making sure everyone, you know, especially in Ottawa, gets to see them. It was also really wonderful last night to see all these different characters, but particularly in the dream, to see some of the sense of humor that some of those artists have. They really, they can camp it up in such a beautiful way. They really connect with the audience. And- <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, it's uh, I was coaching the lovers and uh, Ben, who uh, plays the more arduous one, and it's just and that goes to coaching, trying to get someone to trust you. And I, you know, I, I said to him, there's a moment when he's very arduous and he goes down and he goes, kiss me. And she stops him. And then he does this over exaggerated. Oh, my God. But I'm so upset. And he was doing it sort of slow and, and he wasn't getting a laugh. And I said, trust me, it's like slapstick. You just go bah, like, oh, my God, really sharp. And then down. And so after the rehearsal, we had a small invited audience for the dress rehearsal. He goes, they didn't laugh. I said, Oh, it's partly this theater as well. I know from being on the stage, you can't quite hear acoustically what's going on in the house. I said, we did laugh. And even Chris Stoll, you know, um, he was, uh, he said, oh, that's great. And I said, yeah, we were, we were working on it. So in the show, I said, just go for it. And he did it. And I went, see, they laughed and they laughed. So, you know, it's fun working with them and getting them to trust themselves, their instincts. It must be so rewarding to to coach and, and pass on all of that knowledge. It's like muscle memory and artistic yeah, memory. Yeah, and I even said to him, I said, okay, go with me for this. And if it doesn't work, then find your own way. I'm not locking you into it. But yeah, it, it's an interesting challenge. And that's what Karen, about the partnering as well. You know, for me, a lot of partnering was innate. And so when I watch someone and the girls at a 45 degree angle or they're not on their leg, it's, it's, it's having to find what I do innately and helping them find their way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing about dance. I've always thought that the, the ballerina, um, actually, she can only be as free as the partner behind her, right? Like if she's, insecure or off her leg she can't be free to dance so that's what you know partnerships are about and mm-hmm. and ashton does some very uh, tricky choreography especially in the main part of the um but you know it, it's a fun ballet it's it's very exciting i know i have to let you go karen to catch a plane and come join us here <laughs> in ottawa um, <laughs> i and, and this just makes me so excited for the for the future of ballet in general it really does and the national ballet is a an incredible example of that. I just thought I could finish off by asking you, you know, a small but important question. Just, you know, maybe you can share with us what would be your vision for the next many years of the National Ballet of Canada? Oh, well, I think more of the same. I think expanding the repertoire, uh, expanding the experience for our dancers and uh, for our public. Um, Sorry. (laughs) That was me telling I had to let you get in the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I feel that um, our audiences are are very engaged now with what the National Ballet of Canada is doing. And they are totally open-minded to all these uh, very new and different experiences. And some of them I really worry about. Like, I really worried about Anna Karenina because it's very demanding in every way. And... um, 
and the audiences were fantastic. But I think it's because they've been watching Norm Meyer ballets since the early 70s, and they've watched him develop as as a, an artist, and they understand him more. And the, my artists, my dancers, really understand him and really love to work with him. And um, but there's just there's so many interesting choreographers out there who are. Um, expanding the range of what dancers can do and how audiences can feel and what the visuals are now. Um, and then when you, when you go back and look at the old work, it has, it also has such beauty and charm. And, and if you have a company that has the ability to do it all, then you have to keep feeding them all of this kind of interesting work and, and, uh, see where it lands. But, so far, I feel that peop that the dancers are coming along with it. They love it. And the public is also loving it. And that's crucial. Well, I would uh, toast and raise a big glass to the next 50 years of association between the National Ballet of Canada and the National Arts Centre. It's always such a great joy for us to present the company and to be with you on all your new adventures uh, and the classics and the new work as well. So thank you so much for your fidelity and your partnership and all of the great things that you do for the company and for us in our dance season. Thank you. Have thank a safe you. trip. Yeah, hope to see you soon. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 That's all for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at necpodcast.ca. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Art Centre. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.